0: Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Facebook Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening and we have something to celebrate tonight, fam. This was a big one. This was one of the most important games of the season. You could call this the most important game of the season to date and the Flyers came out and absolutely took care of business with a big, what was the final five one? Yeah, right. With a big 5-1 to win over the Columbus Blue Jackets, they now jump the Blue Jackets in the wildcard standings. Um, this was important. This was important for a lot of reasons. Um, Columbus is a team. If you're going to knock someone out, if you're going to take someone out of this race and just limit the number of you know, possible, possible endings, possibilities in terms of what tiebreakers do and don't get you in. You have to take out a team like Columbus who's just hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. And you just had to, you have to make sure you get rid of them. Now, Thursday's game, just as big, uh, you know, Uh, Two days from now, they're going to go to Columbus, meet the same opponent. The goal has to be four out of four points and not leave any on the table, not allow them to get a loser point, anything. You might be able to take Columbus out of this thing um, if you can get these four here. Obviously, still a lot of season left. Flyers have another game after that before the trade deadline. A lot of things can happen. But just trying to project ahead at a playoff race, and uh, the teams that are going to be involved in the different scenarios, if you can absolutely, you know, try to take a team out or just uh, crush their will a little bit, if they can just go, okay, this is a huge stretch. We're missing some guys. Uh, you know, Elvis has been huge for us. Murs I'm going to guess, I'm going to try to pronounce his last name, but uh, chase him from a game. That's all, that's all big. That's all good for the Flyers. Um, they came out and it was going to be a grind. They were going to have to, it wasn't going to be a pretty game. You know, the final score is one thing, but we all saw that thing. I wouldn't say the Flyers came out and played their most crisp game of the season, their most impressive game of the season, but I will say they came out and did exactly what they had to do, which was grind, grind, grind away um, and just get pucks to the net, do not a ton. They only had 15 shots on goal. honestly they were at two for a long time and those two were the two goals which I don't know if you can even call them shots other than the fact that they wound up in the net so it was a grind Columbus is a tough team they've been playing through a lot all year from uh, you know losing the players they lost in free agency to dealing with all the injuries they have they are a well-co- well well coached well a very disciplined team we heard that that penalty on Felino at the end was their first penalty in two games. These are things you're going to have to contend with. This is a, like, again, a well coached, disciplined team. So go right back out again and do it on Thursday. Um, A a lot of different player efforts to comment on, but I just want to start with Claude Giroux. Passed Bobby Clark in a franchise list for power play assists. He is now number one. Uh, In case you're, that's awesome. It's a huge accomplishment. And the play he made, Jesus Christ, to pick up that assist on the uh, Voracek goal was awesome. My takeaway was just like, dude, Bobby Clark is one of the best players to ever lace up skates. And forget about what stat it is. you know, Whatever stat it is, who cares? But the fact that Claude Giroux has more power play assists than Bobby freaking Clark. And for a lot of this season, we weren't, for whatever reason, the coaching staff wasn't letting Giroux do what he does on the power play freaking credible. But I'm not going to complain about the coaching too much tonight. Not going to complain about much of anything tonight. Flyers get a huge two points in the standings. Let's get to you guys now. Let's see what you guys all think about this one. <laughs> Did Coots mean to? Who cares? It went in. Uh, it was a hell of a sell job if he meant to do it uh, going all the way. It looked like the he kind of just got knocked off by the by the stick in his hands. But either way, it went in. That's what matters. Absolutely. Will you admit you overreacted to the New York Islanders loss? Absolutely not. That was an unacceptable game. They played like absolute horseshit in a huge situation. They made up for it and sure, but no, it wasn't an overreaction. That was piss poor. It was terrible. Five goals on fifteen shots on goal yeah it was it was a hell of a night. They got some bounces tonight. if you were uh, if you were looking for a sign that this team, I think they got a little something going on, you know. Tonight was that night to for that to be confirmed. They got all sorts of bounces tonight. Yay, a good first period. It wasn't even like they got the goals, which is huge. But watching that first period, it wasn't like either team I would call good. But the Flyers did the thing that I've been begging them to do for a lot of this season in first periods. If the offense isn't there, that doesn't mean you can't play good defense. Now they ended up scoring the two goals, and both of them you know, pretty early on. But it's not like they were generating a ton in the first period, but they're tight checking and they're just uh, taking away a lot of the rush opportunities through the neutral zone, challenging at the line, all the stuff that they do well that seems to get away from them early in games, uh, and then they kind of grow into as the game goes on, was there right away. Like they only gave up, it was two or three shots in the first period. What did the final count actually end up being? Uh, Columbus had three shots on Cole in the first period. So if you were looking for a sign that this team was ready to go tonight, that checking game was on point. This was a watershed game of several more to come. Absolutely. Uh, You know, another one in Columbus, and then they play Winnipeg, and then we have the trade deadline. This could be an interesting run. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this team comes together down the stretch. Claude Giroux heating up uh, six-game point streak. I think they say he has 11 points over this over these six games. He's turning it on. Connect me. Uh, what's he got? Three goals in his last six games. So he's getting going again. Kevin Hayes continues to be Kevin Hayes. Uh, we're just Carter Hart with another great uh, home ice performance. Again, it didn't start out so well for Columbus, but end of the day, what'd they end up with? 29 shots on goal? Yeah, so Heart stops 28-29. to 29. The one goal he lets in is on a power play. Um, good performance all around from this team. Sometimes you have to win ugly games, and we did that tonight. Lucky breaks, but we battled. Hey, man, that's what happens. You come out and battle like that, you're going to get some breaks. They got the pucks where they needed to get them. They got them in the high-danger areas. For how long have I been screaming about making plays from where Kevin Hayes scored that goal from tonight? Now, is that the play I have in mind? Uh, you know, a centering pass that hits a, uh, hits the defenseman's skate and ends up behind the goalie after it ricochets off his helmet and he has no idea what the fuck's going on? No, but it can't happen if you're not there. Like, you have to get to that area because it's a possibility. You know that play probably doesn't happen from? A puck at the point, you know? So it's just going to those areas and trying to make plays from them. Good things happen when the goalie has to turn his head. We made Elvis leave the building. Even Charlie had fun with that one. Then that's how you know uh, it was. JJ, how bad did fucking Jim Jackson want to say Elvis has left the ice? Like, he was dying for that one. He had it written down. He's like, I'm getting to this one, boys. That was great. Uh, G passing Clark for most power play points in Flyers history is awesome. He's one of my favorites. It's just, it's I, I really, really want to see this guy hang around after his current contract. In my mind, he and Couturier just flip contracts in a couple of years. Like, that's basically what happens. Um, I just want to see him hang around and just tack on uh, to whatever whatever numbers he has. And I want to see him be around when this thing really gets going because they might be better than we gave them credit for. They might be better right now than I thought they were, like, two weeks ago. Like, I keep saying they're good. They're a playoff-caliber team. Do I think they're a cup contender? I don't. But I, I wouldn't say they're the favorites by any means, but just looking at the way this team plays, looking at the elements it has, sure, some things have to break right, but anything's possible right now, boys. Tell me they aren't going to bring back Jeff Carter. I mean, wouldn't it be the worst move in the world? They could use a center. Dude can shoot. They need players who can shoot. Um, he can help you out in all phases of the game. Can move over to wing if Nolan Patrick comes back and at any point he's got term on his deal. Depends on price for me. I'd like to see Jeff Carter back, but every move against the salary cap sabotages my dream of signing Tori Krug this offseason. So there's always that. But I wouldn't mind seeing Jeff Carter uh, depending on potential retained salary by L.A. and whatever the Flyers have to give up. Uh, he, he's not my number one choice, but I think it would be fun. But did Hayes yell bank as he banked in his goal? He admitted he was trying to get the puck to TK. I thought he was trying to get it across across the crease. Um, it looked like to Farabee, but uh, he said he was trying to center it to TK, and it just hit the hit the defender's uh, skate. Nothing scarier than seeing Provy go down. Gabe, glad he was able to get back out there. That was uh, it just everything that happens. I have this one friend who just. Uh, he he just says the Flyers are cursed and we're all screwed. Uh, and every time something the least bit negative happens, he just cursed. Like, he just puts in our little group chat, cursed. And as soon as Proby went down tonight, he's like, see? See? <laughs> like, But it, all, it was all fine. It was all fine. What a far cry from the last few years that we have been subjected to. They made some fun runs, but this is what I was hoping would be the case. At least this could be the start of what I was hoping could be the case. Better than they usually are in the first half. And then it's not a mad scramble to get into the playoffs. It's, hey, we're in a playoff position. Let's see if we can push it up the standings. And hopefully that's that's the direction they're going in. But have to follow up on Thursday. You need two points again on Thursday. That game is now the most important game of the season. Nice to see this team get some puck luck. Played well, but lots of good bounces tonight. In past years, it just didn't go that way. No, absolutely. This is a game, um, I know we all hate to admit it, because it's like, well, what do we even watch for then? But this is a game that is oftentimes dictated by luck and randomness. And the Flyers, as much as they didn't have enough of what it takes to win in previous seasons, also just oftentimes got no freaking bounces. And they absolutely did tonight, and that's encouraging. Did this Hague exist the whole time? He's playing well. Yeah, he he's there are elements to his game that seem to have improved immensely over these last few weeks and months that man, like I I wonder if Dave Haxtall was really that bad or if this is just normal progression. He's just feeling confident. Um even if he is Locked in his own zone more than he should be sometimes, even if he does struggle to pass the puck more than a few feet at a time sometimes. Um, like, man, he ripped a one-timer tonight, and it was it was smooth. He, that slap shot he has from the point, he's just got a nice, smooth, compact windup. He's getting pucks through uh, and picking up points. Him and Justin Braun, um, man, it shouldn't work, but for some reason it does. I realize maybe some of the other some of the metrics don't agree, and while I see that element of their game, um, you can't argue with results. Sometimes it's hard to argue with results. Sometimes I don't see what bringing Carter back will do. Well, it adds goal scoring and it adds center depth to things they they need. I mean, that's what it would do: goal scoring and center depth. They have been playing this way since before the All-Star break. To act like they just started playing this way is a little crazy. I wouldn't say they haven't been. I mean, they've had some bad games here and there, but they've had really, really good uh, team defense for most of the season. Um, Tonight was just kind of a culmination of everything in, in what was the biggest game of the year. These boys can beat anyone, and I feel like they can make a legit run in the playoffs. Uh, they have proven able. Uh, they have proven to be able to skate with and beat some of the best teams in the league. Uh, we, they showed their numbers against the Eastern Conference tonight. They're incredible. We all know how good their numbers are at home. I wouldn't say the Flyers would be favored against the top teams in the league, but I wouldn't be shocked if they were to able to if they were to be able to beat them and go on a lengthy playoff run, even to a a conference final or anything. Um. You know, they have to keep this up. They absolutely do. And they have to get results. It's not enough to just, oh, yeah, well, you know, we didn't get the bounces tonight. And Listen, that's all well and good. I know I just said it's a game dictated by randomness and luck sometimes, but they have to string some wins together now. They have to put a few in a row, get on a winning streak, get on a point streak. Um You know, leave road games that you shouldn't have won with a point. Pull out two points when you shouldn't have. Uh, Stuff like that. Continue your dominance at home. It's about stringing together wins and trying to move up in these standings. Get out of the wild. They're in the third spot now, right? Uh, I believe so. Why is Caps Lock on? Check out those standings. Where are we here? Yeah, the Islanders are down into the first wild card. Columbus is tied with them at 72 points. Those are your wild card teams. And at 73 points, there are your Philadelphia Flyers sitting in third, matched up with the Washington Capitals, who are out of the lead in the Metro for what feels like the first time. This might be the first time all season Washington isn't in first place in the division. Pittsburgh is ahead of them by a point with a game in hand as well. So, man, Pittsburgh just freaking on fire. They dominated tonight too, I think. They beat the shit out of somebody. Who did they play tonight? Uh Of course it's not showing me. But yeah. uh, So the Flyers, and they're only what they're six points behind uh Washington. So this could be this could be your first round matchup. And the Flyers have played some decent games against them uh this season. Washington does have a game in hand on the Flyers, however. All right, uh let's get back to some comments. But before we do, let's take a look at what's ahead. Uh before this trade deadline. Like I said, they're at Columbus on Thursday. (laughs) And they have a 1 o'clock puck drop on Saturday at home against Winnipeg before Monday's trade deadline. And if you're looking for somewhere to watch either of those games, may I suggest to you Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern? That's right, Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern, right there in the heart of Wildwood Crest, New Jersey. Easy to get to from anywhere to Jersey Shore. Really easy to get to from anywhere in the Delaware Valley. It's just right there. Uh, it's just right in the main strip of Wildwood Crest. Just drive in. And boom, you'll run right into it. Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern is my favorite bar at the Jersey Shore to watch a hockey game. And really, it's my favorite bar in the whole world because their beer selection is awesome. Their waitstaff is awesome. uh, The food is awesome. The servers are awesome. And it all starts with the awesome owner, Timmy Fitzpatrick. That's right. Timmy Fitz is a huge hockey fan. So you know that game you want to watch will be on. The Flyers will absolutely be on, as will... Uh, really any game under the sun that, that, that you want to watch. So go into Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern. I guarantee you'll have a good time. You'll enjoy yourself and the people you're with will enjoy themselves as well. Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern, why Crest? Can't put them over enough. Let's get back to your comments. Flyers may not be a cup favorite, but given how all the top teams are dealing with key injuries, who's to say they couldn't run the table? Yeah, I mean, it's Listen, we all know that this thing, the playoffs are a crapshoot. The Blues were not the best team in the league last year. Now, from the time Bennington debuted against the Flyers and shut them out, from basically then on, they played like one of the best teams in the league. But, man, anyone who gets in can win pretty much any year. Like the freaking Islanders, Columbus, we all saw what happened last year in that first round. So it wouldn't shock me if... uh, If the Flyers went on a little run here. Uh, Great win. They look like a playoff team. I mean, they've looked like a playoff team pretty much all season. There have been few exceptions to um, the way they've played and the kind of games uh, that they've they've gotten into this year. I think they're more built for the playoffs than the regular season. I think when the whistles go away and it's kind of a – I know that it's a basketball t- term, the half-court offense, but when it is a half-ice game, when it's not just rushes, I know the Flyers create a lot of rushes, but they create them with great defensive play, and they take away uh, a lot of opportunities for opponents. We know how few shots they give up a game. I think they're kind of uh, – it's not a complete grinded out style. They do have a decent amount of skill, but the way they're able to grind out games as a team and roll four lines – I think they could be a, de- a very decent playoff team. Watching Couturier own games has been a joy all year to watch. Same with TK. Yeah, TK, uh, he looks like he's getting going again. He, uh, You can't, like, say much about the guy's production. But it did seem like he was having less of an effect on games um, for a little bit there. But he looks like he's kind of finding some chemistry with that line and back to being a uh, Back to being TK, and yeah, Couturier's been Couturier all year. What can you say about the guy? He is a true number one center in the NHL. That's He's the prototype. Uh, maybe not the biggest scoring numbers, but scores m- more than enough, and we all know what we're getting out of his two-way play. Hack and Hextall hindered this whole team and entire city. I Yeah, I mean, we're kind of like, listen, did I like Hextall's approach to the previous offseason, before he got fired. No. Because uh, even though he added JVR, it still seemed as if his opinion was, well, if we can't fix anything, doesn't seem to matter. Uh, if we fix anything, let's just run everyone out, run everyone back out there the same. Like, it, it, he just didn't, I don't know. It seemed like they could have moved along faster, but we are seeing kind of the fruit of Hextall's labor. Um I always thought he should have been just a little more forthright in the plan. Like, Sixers fans really embraced the process because they were in on it. Like, they were told this was what was going to happen. And while while Hextall did say he wasn't going to waste cap space and he wasn't going to waste assets, it didn't seem like the direction of the team... He didn't... And you can't... I get it. But if he had just basically said... Yeah, Drew and Vorchak are basically going to take us wherever they can and that's that while we fix everything else wrong with this organization. I think people may may have been a little more accepting of the way things went. Um, But we're seeing the fruits of his labor through uh, the young players coming up through the system, the cap space they had to go out and get and Braun, and uh, and Hayes. I mean, it's hard to argue with that end of it. Um, Could they have done... More to maybe be in a position to win last year, and should he have tried to rein in Hackstall and his terrible personnel decisions, which held back the development of some of their good young players? Yeah, I think he could have, but the one thing he really was concerned with was the salary cap and the assets that became good young players' prospects, Uh, and it's hard to argue with the results on that as well. Even Braun has shown some offensive flair. You know, that's – I was looking up his offensive numbers the other day. Uh, he didn't pick up an assist tonight, but it was like he, he's got – let me look it up real fast. Let me see if I can bring up his hockey reference game log because he's been picking up some points lately. Uh, and he did miss some time with injury in the middle of this, but I just typed in Ryan Braun and had to – it's Justin. I did it again even at this point in the season all right, where are them game logs at, Justin? Going back to, yeah, let's say there. Going back to December 23rd, so in his last 18 games, he has 11 points, which, Jesus, man, for Justin Braun, that's like a Connor McDavid pace. That's Leon Dreisaitl right there for, you know, comparatively. (laughs) I like the chances in the first round against anyone except maybe the Islanders or Bolts. Yeah, the Lightning are just fucking dominant right now. They're they look unbeatable at times. And the Islanders, for whatever reason, uh, the Flyers just, even when they play mostly well against them, have just these lapses that uh, create losses. Uh, they just don't. The Islanders have the Flyers number until until proven otherwise. That Coots fake out was 100% intentional. I'd like to say it was. And that is, we've seen players use that move, but it did look like there was a little bit of a hack there. Uh, so I, I don't know. It worked either way. I, I, uh, the Kucherov, the first time Kucherov did it, I thought it was blatant that he did it on purpose. Um, and this kind of, it was a hell of a sell if he did it on purpose. Cause he took it all the way, like he was going to his backhand. So, uh, he, he did a great job with it either way. It went in. I don't give a shit. Considering the wild look like they're going to sell and Fletcher's obvious ties there. Why hasn't Eric Stahl's name been floated, floated out yet? Extra year left on his contract. I'd much prefer him over Carter. Um, the Wild, uh, last I heard about the Wild, it was kind of like Bill Guerin basically got the job because the owner doesn't want to tear the thing down. And he was like, yeah, we don't have to. And, you know, they probably do. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't mind Eric Stahl at all. What's he? Uh, what's he making these days? Check out the old cap friendly. Like the Flyers are going to be able to only take in about $2 million in salary unless they ship a player out. That's the thing. Uh, they're very no, I did not mean to click on the Flyers, even though I was saying the Flyers. I meant to click on the Wild. Where are you? Wild, Minnesota, and stall. 3.25 for this year and next. Man, that wouldn't be terrible. What's he doing this year? Seventeen goals, the so same as Carter? Yeah, I wouldn't mind, uh, I wouldn't mind Eric Stahl at all. That would be just fine with me. Um, does he have any sort of trade provisions? Modified no trade. He's got a 10 team no trade list, so uh, it would be it would be a decent ad. It would definitely be someone to look at. I wouldn't mind Eric Stahl at all. It's a, it's a hell of a hell of a name. Yeah, it wouldn't be for the full five million. I, I do not see bringing in Jeff Carter for the full five million. I mean, they can't unless they ship out a roster player, and the only roster player I think that would be able to make it work would be Ghost. And I don't know why LA would want Ghost. So I, I, I don't. If they bring in Carter, it won't be at full price. Hi from Ontario, Canada. Man, this feels so good. I know a lot of people don't like the idea. But do you know, what's Jeff Carter's contract? Front loaded. Um, For buyout purposes, that's a good question. Would they be able to just buy out Jeff Carter? I believe it was, because I believe it was one of those illegal contracts. Uh, I think it was one of those things that don't exist anymore. So for buyout purposes, if you just bring in Carter for this year, and then the cash remaining might not kill you. So... Yeah, I believe it was one of those. I'm clicking around and clicking all the wrong shit, but I think that might be a consideration, but uh, they're not bringing him in at the full 5 million, so I I wouldn't worry too much about it. Playoffs depend completely on Carter Hart. Yeah, they do. Um, Playoffs often, you know, depend on a hot goalie, and that's why the Flyers haven't won a cup since 1975. Um, That's just kind of the way it is a lot of the time, but... It will be interesting to see what kind of streak he's on and if he can solve the uh the issue of his road woes at least enough to give some people some confidence. I, I, I can't believe that there's much to it other than dumb luck, but it's happening, so you gotta you gotta think about it. Um maybe he, he's his his first road start, he goes out and has a shutout in the playoffs and all is all is forgotten after that. I don't know, but it will, always, as it always does, come down to the goalie for the Flyers in those situations. Is it wrong to want to see Frost at 4C? Fourth line was outshot badly despite the goal. I don't think it's a terrible idea for maybe the playoffs because you're not rolling four lines. You're putting your best players out there a lot. You're double-shifting guys, and you're able to use uh, Frost in, in certain situations that might benefit him you're not maybe using your fourth line as a full unit all the time. So I I don't know, though. Um, Just based on – listen, he looked okay, his last stint here, but uh, I want to see him up before the end of the year. I think that could be a good spot for him in the playoffs, but I want to see him do it first. Um, I would think it could be pretty good with, uh, let's say, you know, NAK and Raffle. And who knows, maybe Lawton's on that line because of whoever the Flyers go and acquire uh, at the trade deadline. So it's, and so it's also going to have to do with who they acquire. So I don't hate it for the playoffs, but I don't know. For for what he does well and the the role they have that fourth line in now, I'm not hating that fourth line. And on a lot of nights, they do pretty well. NAK is going to be a top six forward in the next couple of years. He's a sleeper. I don't know if he has that kind of skill. Um Maybe in a, if he develops a little, his offensive game, maybe he could be a, I don't want to say like a Tom Wilson type, Tom Wilson was a first round pick, but that's sort of, um, that role of maybe not a first liner, but can play on a first line and look okay uh, with two really good, two really good other forwards on that line. Uh, that's a possibility. But I just love him in the role he's in. I think he's perfect as a as a third or fourth line player. What if AV was the coach rather than the hack? Would the team be better? Uh, maybe, like, li- listen, hack was a bad coach and he hurt certain players. And there's some things maybe he could have done for a little bit of more value on the margins uh, to make some playoff pushes. But those teams weren't good enough either. Like, that's the thing. They didn't have enough good players. They didn't have anyone outside of a top line. Like, what have we been talking about all night? Man, this depth is good. Ah, oh, Carter Hart. Oh, the the defense. They step up. The fourth line. Like, those things didn't exist under Dave Haxtall. Now, if he had the options and chose not to use them, that would have been totally... That's believable. Like, it could have happened, but it didn't. So... As bad as I think Hackstall was, he also didn't have enough good players to be anything much more than what he was. Would you pick this balanced offense or have an OV? I like how the team is built. I mean, I would like to have a balanced offense and then one superstar. That would be awesome. That would be ideal. I mean, look at what they have. They have quite a bit in Washington. It's why they've been a cup contender for 10 years and won a cup. Like, you know... <laughs> John Carlson scoring like a first line forward on the blue line. They have a lot more than Ovechkin. Uh I would I would love to have a superstar and balance. That's what that that's that's what's ideal. Isles don't scare me. Lightning do. I no, the Islanders aren't scary, but they appear to have the Flyers number. Flyers don't seem uh to be able to deal with the way they play for 60 minutes. That's that's what it looks like when I watch Flyers Islanders games. If they can get into the two to three slot, you avoid Tampa Bay until the ECF. Yeah, and that's, that's, that has to be the goal right now. They're in that three spot right now. They just need to stack some wins. They need to get a string going. They need to get on a win streak. They need to get on a point streak. That's what has to happen here. And So let's look at – I know we've been over the games leading up to the uh, trade deadline, but let's take a further look. So we know they have Columbus on Thursday – Uh, Then they have their home against Winnipeg on uh, Saturday. Then the day after the deadline, they're home against the Sharks. Uh, That is, what, Tuesday the 25th. And then Friday the 28th, home against the Rangers. Ooh, that's a good game. Might head down to that one. Uh, And then into the March schedule at the Rangers. So they have home and home with the Rangers and then at the Caps. So that, like, we're looking at... uh, you know, then back to back at Caps, then home versus Carolina. This schedule just keeps fucking with us. But they they also have some winnable games in here too. Saturday, March seventh, uh, home against Buffalo, stuff like that. So, just looking at this schedule, let's go. Let's start with tonight. One, two, three, four, five six. Six winnable games in a row. They have a legitimate chance to be on a six-game win streak or six-game point streak into the first, uh, at least a six-game point streak into the first week of March, and that absolutely has to be the goal right now. And hey, if you're looking for anywhere to watch any of those games, may I suggest to you Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern? That's right, Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern, right there in the heart of Wildwood Crest, New Jersey, I know I've been talking about this place all year, but it start it was warm out there today. It was it's starting to warm up. Playoffs are coming. It's stretch drive time. You're looking for somewhere to go watch these games. You're looking for the best environment to watch them in. Well, Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern is a hockey bar and it all starts with the owner Timmy Fitz. He is a huge hockey fan. And he's there all the time, making sure that food is hot and that beer is cold. So you can be sure the game you want to watch is on the TV. All of the direct TV packages they have, uh, there's always something on. And it's probably going to be some hockey. So head down to Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern. No better place to watch the Flyers as they go on this stretch drive than at Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern in Wildwood Crest, New Jersey. All right, let's get back to you. I want to see more aggressive playing. Two guys on the... Puck on defense always, not sometimes. I don't want to see guys skating, standing straight up, not aggressive to me. I want to see some domination on power plays. I hope Hart cleans up some of the little misses. He certainly has stopped many times before. Just be aggressive. Yeah, I, I mean they've been. I mean they're one of the best forechecking teams in the league this year. I don't know when they haven't been aggressive. The way they play in the neutral zone, they give up the fewest shots in the league. Uh, I don't know. Scroll down, get a few more comments before we wrap it up for the night. Bill, thought experiment. Hexy brought Hack into fail. He knew his job was to be a mediocre coach. Hexie wanted to build up the organizational depth and would not give Hack the tools he needed to succeed. Uh, I would say I don't think he brought him into fail because he also refused to fire him. Like, that's why Hextall lost his job because he was like, I ain't going to fire the coach. Um when the thing was over and they could have done more like, I I think he was, I think he was okay being mediocre because of his plan. Like, okay, we'll draft anywhere between, you know, seven and 15. And that's cool. Um, We'll find good players in those spots and find value in those spots. We'll continue to stack our assets, continue to, you know, manage the cap. Well, I think all that was part of it. Um, But like why didn't he just sell everything then? Why wasn't it a full-on tank then? If that was his if that was always his if that was always his master plan. I think he thought Hackstall could be like what the Sixers think or at least thought Brett Brown was and that was a guy who could manage the transition with the young players and then be there on the other side of it. And he absolutely was not the guy to be there on the other side of it. So I don't know. I I can't tell you what Ron Hextall was thinking, but um, I am really happy with the way things are right now. I am very thankful for the way Ron Hextall did things, um, because of all the good players we have now. But I I, I think there could have been a little bit more, a little bit more fan service done. Whether it was just like, hey, we're not very good. It's fucking free beer night, or or we're gonna be a little bit better because we brought in one guy. You know, like. Just something to help every... Just something. Give the fans something. And ultimately, he didn't at all. And, like, he was allegedly kind of a dick. And when you're not winning and the fans aren't happy and the alumni are like, hey, how come uh, this is supposed to be like a family and it's not run like a family anymore? We're not happy. Well, then changes have to be made. But just in terms of accumulating the assets, Hextol did a hell of a job. All right. We have a superstar, Bill G. uh, G had five years of his career wasted under hack slash hex regime. Oh, I agree. No, Claude Giroux was a superstar. Uh, He was one of the best players in the league in his prime, which he is no longer in. Now he is a veteran leader and still one hell of a hockey player. But is he one of the best players in the league now? I I wouldn't say he is, Um, but he's still damn important. He's still one of the best players on this team, and... They're not going anywhere without him. Tell you that. Would love to see Patrick play this season. Could be a great addition to the lineup. Listen, Nolan Patrick playing this year would be awesome, but... I'm not counting on it. Uh, He's been practicing and everything. Uh, It sounds good. Things seem to be trending in the right direction. But this is a guy who has had no training camp, no season, uh, have no idea what kind of shape he's in. And let's be honest, it's not like he has killed it his first two years in the league. Now, would Nolan Patrick at 4C be better than Connor Bunneman? I'd venture to bet it would be, but I don't know. I don't know what the hell you're going to get out of Nolan Patrick if he suits up this year. I want them to go make an addition at the deadline. And if Nolan Patrick comes back, that's like two. I don't want to hear, oh, well, Patrick coming back is like its own deadline addition. No. If Patrick comes back, that should be, plus we added somebody. Now we got two players. That's cool. But if they just count on Nolan Patrick, I'm not as down with that idea. Now, it also comes down to price. Um, There's some... Some trades that are good and some trades that look like overpays, different teams in different situations, put different value on everything. I don't know if the Flyers are in a must-go-all-in situation. I don't think they're going to be trading Cam York or a first-round pick or anything like that, but who knows who's going to become available, you know? Uh, we We still have basically a week till the deadline, six days, whatever. Bill, I got to ask who do you think is on their way out because trade deadline is right around the corner. I don't really think anyone is on their way out. I think there are some pieces on this team that could be used to acquire other players, but uh, uh, Ghost is obviously the uh, the most talked about name in terms of a guy who could be shipped out. You know, Mark Friedman got the call the other night uh, when it didn't, when it wasn't clear if Sanheim could play and Ghost still dealing with his knee thing. But they have six defensemen; they have like six or seven defensemen at all times. It's not like they have a ton of defensive depth, even like behind Mark Friedman. So I I don't know if you can say anyone is like on their way out. I don't think they're really looking uh, to subtract from the roster at all, and I don't know how willing they are to part with their big-time prospects unless something really appetizing comes up, you know. Listen, man, if Jeff Skinner's available, fuck, all right, here, uh, you know, just a name, but uh, a big-name guy comes up, anything's possible, but I don't know for the type of move they're looking to make, which will probably just be a depth addition, uh, if you're going to move roster players out for that. Bill, tell us about the coward on Twitter who blocked you. I don't even remember what it was about now. It was something dumb. I, I don't know. People pick fights with me on Twitter like I'm not smarter than them. <laughs> Scroll down, get a few more. Is there a prospect that's untouchable in trade deals? I would say Morgan Frost. Uh, if we're still going to consider Morgan Frost a prospect, he's in the AHL. So I would say Morgan Frost basically untouchable at this point. Um, I'm not trying to trade Brink or York. But it's it's all about who's available, man. Like, it, am I going to trade any of those guys for, like, Eric Stahl or Jeff Carter? Fuck no. But if it's a 27-year-old who could play in our top six for next three years, yeah, I am. So I don't – I just don't know. Um, I – I'll tell you who I'm interested in, is and, uh, and I don't think this is off the subject of our own prospects who are untouching, like I'm not trying to give up too much for happy to see you, but, but man, Andreas Anthony to see you, I'm interested in just because of his speed and potential. Uh, I, I don't know if we're exactly in the position to be taking a shot on a guy like him, but I've always liked him. You can always add more speed. A uh, fast guy can always play. You know, you can put him on the fourth line. All else fails, put him on the fourth line and say, "Go fucking hunt the puck, hit the guy." Like that's all you need to tell someone with speed: "Go hunt the puck." Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm interested in Anthony to see you now. Like I'm not giving up a first round pick or anything for him, but I, I think he's an interesting name. Nolan Patrick under AV versus under Hackstall should be much better. When you looked at the improvement, improved performance of TK Limblom, Sanheim, Myers, etc., but that that improved performance, and I agree, and I think even if he's rusty, even if he's not fully up to speed, Nolan Patrick just his good two-way game and his sense could help you if he's able to come back. Um, but just time and experience are are things that those guys have that. Uh, Nolan really hasn't had the benefit of. If he is to come back this year, I see it in a limited fourth line role. Like the, I see him being the 4C. That's who I reasonably expect Nolan Patrick to be if he's able to come back this season. I, to expect anything more seems crazy to me. I feel G's going into the phase that Eiserman turned into in his late stages. Coincidence that Stevie Y was his idol. Yeah, I was, I was, I was actually drawing a comparison uh, in my mind to this the other day. Just, um, I, I talked about, you know, uh, on a previous episode how I just there's something about the uh, Claude Giroux who's put up all these big numbers and he's climbing, uh, you know, the franchise list and in, in every ranking basically. And you know, he's been an MVP finalist. He went to a Cup final, you know, basically as a rookie. Uh, he did all that stuff, and it's it's great. It was awesome. Individual honors, you know, first line, all star, all that stuff. Cool. He hasn't won a cup. And Elaine Vigneault, you know, he's got president's trophies. I think he has a Jack Adams. Elaine Vigneault is a respected, successful coach. hasn't won a cup. There's just something about that dynamic. I really, really like these two guys together. I like this pairing of these two guys who have one thing left. They have one thing left to shut everybody the fuck up. That's it. If they do this one thing, everybody shuts the fuck up forever. They can never tell them anything ever again because they did the one thing that they said they never did. So I, I do think there's something to it. I think there is just something to this system. We see how many guys have 10 goals on this team. And now, well, TK got it tonight. One guy has 20. Like there's no no one putting up huge numbers, but everybody has solid numbers I do think that's part of G's decline in production is just we're not featuring Claude Giroux anymore, and we're not just trying to do this one thing, score a bunch of goals. We're also trying to prevent a bunch of goals, too, and they've done that pretty successfully all year, so especially at home. They could do a little more on the road, but we'll maybe get there at the playoffs. I don't know, Uh, but I do think there is something to G adapting his game uh, in, in, you know, as he's exiting his prime and the way Elaine Vigneault is asking everyone to play and just uh, the roles of everyone. Now I I do think there is absolutely someone something to it. Still don't like Hey, Bill, he's provided the he's, he's provided the team with steady defense back there. I never disliked Hague personally. I didn't like his game before. I still think there are big old holes in his game. Um, But I've been talking nothing but positive about Hague for, like a month, so I don't know what you're talking about. He's okay. He does. He's a great third-pair defenseman right now. Uh, he's providing a little more offense than he ever did. He's playing with great confidence. Does he spend too much time in his own zone? Absolutely. Can he make a 10-foot pass? I don't know, but he does some things well. If you're blocking shots all the time, you're probably facing too many shots, but for some reason, it's working right now. He has been playing much, much better uh, than he was playing previously. That doesn't make him, like, that doesn't make what he used to do good. Like, I hope everyone understands that. Like, he's playing better now. That's why we're happy. I don't think anyone's criticizing him now because he's playing better. He's playing like a decent third-pair defenseman should play. That doesn't mean what we saw for the previous two seasons was good. Because it wasn't. We already know the unlikelihood of Johnny Hockey or Bobby Ryan coming here. Why would anybody want Bobby Ryan? Jesus Christ. Does he even still play? Like, I I haven't even heard Bobby Ryan's name in two years. Is he still in the league? He played 16 games this year. He has one goal. So, no, he's not really even in, still in the league anymore. <laughs> His last game was uh, November 16th. Jesus. Yeah, Bobby Ryan's never coming here. He's not, maybe like as a coach or something. I haven't heard his name in two years. All right, guys, we're going to get a few more and then wrap it up. Would you give up a third rounder to New Jersey for Simmons, provided they eat enough of his cap to make it fit? No, I don't know if Simmons can play anymore. Uh, he, he had a nice game the other night. Uh, I, I I would love a guy just like Simmons, not named Wayne Simmons. I'm just over Wayne Simmons. It's done it was a nice run. I'm sorry we couldn't get it done while he was good, but he just really isn't anymore. Like what's what's Wayne Simmons doing this year? Wayne Simmons has 7 goals. Like I'm all good on that. What 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 would the point be of giving up anything for a guy with 7 goals? I, I... Geez, ice time was down tonight as well as Coots and Jake, which plays a part in his numbers being down. Yeah, they spread the ice time around a lot more because they can spread the ice time around a lot more now. Like, Giroux was playing, like, 21, 22 minutes a night at one point in his career, and a lot of it was alongside Michael fucking Roffle. Like, like... <laughs> That's just what it was. That was what those teams were. And now we don't have to do that. And that's good. And that's why they're a better team now. Like, I hope everyone sees it. It's just such a simple equation. All right, guys, we are going to call it a night. That is all the time I have on the... Oh, uh, Jesus, what the fuck am I talking about? That is all the time I have for you on tonight's post game. Thank you all for hanging out. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts. And, uh, you know, do the thing. Subscribe, download all the episodes, rate us, give us five stars, say nice things about it because we are egomaniacs and we crave your validation. So please give it to us and we will love you unconditionally. Actually, it is conditionally. We need your, your praise, and then we will love you. So it's not unconditionally, but never the, <laughs> doesn't matter. Uh, thanks. Thanks again. Uh, I will be back eventually. Uh, when well, now I've done the schedule like five times tonight, so I should know, oh, I'll be back Thursday. I'll be back after Thursday's game, breaking down, hopefully back-to-back wins against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Until then, have a great week, everybody.